0: Welcome to a ghoulish edition of the Magtag Podcast. Will you survive this scary story of darkness, mystery, and curses? Let's
1: join Lou Desmond for this terrifying tale. Welcome to another edition of the Maglite Program, and in this case, it's going to be a very spooky Halloween edition of the Maglite Program. I'm Lou, your host, and we're going to be joined by a gentleman who has a story about a very haunted and a very potentially cursed maglite. And it's very different than a lot of stuff that we do here. We do tactical stories and we talk about people whose lives have been saved by maglites and things like the maglite that went through 9-11 with Gary Fishbone and the San Bernardino Sheriff's deputy whose life was saved by a maglite that caught an AK-47 bullet. But this story being brought to us by this gentleman, well, this this is a very different kind of maglite story, and it's a perfect one for Halloween. Joining us here, Frank Puka. Hey, Frank. Hey, guys. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So you have sent us one of the most unique maglite stories that we have ever received. And I really have no other way of introducing it but just telling you to Frank, tell us the story about the haunted, potentially cursed maglite from the beginning, please. (sighs) Sure, no problem.
0: This maglite's been in my family for a while. My mother was NYPD. She had purchased it as part of our our uniform. Whenever me and my friends, my cousin, Glenn, and some of my other friends would go out, we would explore using this maglite because it was perfect for protection, plus the batteries last forever. It's a five cell D maglite and it's got some good weight to it. So this was my go-to choice to explore with. It was around 2001, we were exploring an abandoned monastery in Staten Island. It was uh, St. Augustine's monastery. We've been there before, but this particular time we went with a large group. And uh, as we were going through the monastery, we saw like a glow at the end of the hall that led down this long, dark hallway with graffiti everywhere. When we got there, towards the end, we noticed that there was a large pentagram painted in the floor.
1: This is a strange place. So
0: naturally we freaked out a little bit, didn't really know what was going on. But what really drew our attention was there was candles lit, and that's where the glow was coming from. I think it was either me or my cousin started looking at the candles and said, hey guys, those candles were just lit. The wax hadn't even started running down the candle yet. That's when everyone freaked out, started looking around to see if anybody else was in the room. We heard some noises and and we all shined our flashlights up and we saw something hanging from the ceiling. We couldn't really make out what it was, but that was enough for half the group. Everyone went running out of the monastery. We were heading out. I had the flashlight with me and a friend of mine said, Hey, wait, why don't we wait? Why don't we stop and wait and see who's there and what we could see? And this is when things started getting really crazy. So we waited. We couldn't quite find the entrance, so we just stopped dead in our tracks and I had the flashlight, we started to walk down the opposite end of the hallway. That's when it happened. It got really, really bone chillingly cold. It was summer, it was July or June of 2001, and it was a really warm day. But, I mean, I could see the breath coming out of my mouth. That's how cold it got. When the flashlight started to flicker a little bit, and it went out. Hey, who turned out the lights? And we were standing there in the dark, could not even see my hand in front of me. It's dark in there. So I was with Glenn and Justin, who was a friend of mine. He's huge. He was 6'4", wide as a door. And uh, he said, hey, man, turn the light back on. And I I tried. But it just got dim, and that was all I got out of it. Finally, that's when we heard this howl coming from down the hall, coming right at us. And there's no other way to describe it. It was so loud. It was like ear piercingly loud. And as it was coming down, it was like nails on a chalkboard screeching its way down the hallway. I didn't know what to do. I said, Justin, you try to turn the flashlight on. It was nowhere to be found. I finally got the light on. I can see! And, and I see Justin heading for the door, feeling the walls, because he couldn't see nothing. It was so dark. But the flashlight turned on, and there was this screaming. I mean, it could have been me. I don't know. I was so scared, but it was loud. It went right past us. And I headed right towards the room where the, the candles were. Finally we found the entrance and that's when we dipped out and got outside and I started telling everybody what happened. And boy, no one wanted to believe us, but
1: Whoa. Yeah.
0: That was the, the
1: interaction I had with that entity or whatever it was. I you know, I'm a little skeptical. I'm mean, gonna I'm gonna stop you for a second because you described in your email to Maglite how you flailed around with the Maglite like you were trying to hit back. Oh yeah,
0: I, yeah. I forgot to mention that. So yeah, when before the light turned back on, and you know, I felt something on me, and I didn't know what it was. So I started swinging that light around like it was a baseball bat, and I was yelling out for my friend. And I said, "Hey, Justin, Glenn, where where are you guys?" And they didn't even say a word. They were gone. They were they were running. I was swinging that uh, light around like crazy. So when I got the light to turn on, the thing had already passed me. So,
1: uh... Now, now one thing, a detail I want to point out, you did say in your email that something weird happened to the maglite when you were swinging it through, right? You said it, it felt like it had turned wet and cold. It was wet and cold, yep.
0: It was weird. It was almost like it went through something, yeah. The details were uh, really pronounced on the, the email, but it's hard for me right now to remember everything I told you guys. It's not set
1: up on the back of my neck, so I'm just
0: saying. Again, it was, the flashlight was wet and cold, but it did started to, to glow the bulb and turn back on. I can see! And that was the only time that really happened with this flashlight. I mean, it's always been reliable. And then, fast forward some
1: time there, I had given the flashlight back to my mother. And- All right, I want to stop you again for a second. You, yeah. you exit the cave after the encounter with this thing that you couldn't see that made the mag light turn off. Bro. You had the pentagram on the floor, you had the candles, all the earmarks of some sort of satanic ritual of some kind. Dr. Satan! Dr. Satan! That's exactly what it was. I mean, there was animals with their skin nailed to
0: the walls and stuff. This place was creepy. There was seven layers of staircases and and rooms that I went down a few times, maybe two uh, stories down. Can't go more than that. I mean, it was too freaky. But the walls were decaying. The staircase was decayed. So the flashlight I gave to my mother, she used it, and she went to 9-11 with it. And she served 400 hours at 9-11
1: doing the rescue. So this this is where you start to get into the thought that the flashlight, the mag light is cursed. Yeah. Because all sorts of bad things happened around the mag light, right? So what are some I, of the things that took place? Well,
0: when I had given the flashlight back to my mother, she obviously went down to 9-11 with it, like I said. And she said that whenever she was close to finding somebody in the rubble, the, the
1: flashlight would uh, flicker and dim. So I thought that This was is when, when your mother is doing recovery of, of the deceased at I ground zero. yeah. She so. knew she was approaching someone because the mag light would give a signal.
0: She said she had a feeling. It was almost like the flashlight was telling her. And I had told her about the story after she told me that with the flashlight. So she said, you got to get rid of this flashlight. But I eventually gave it to my cousin Glenn. He had it for a while, and he said it was some creepy stuff happened with him. You know, I wish he was here to, to talk more about it, but uh, I don't want to speak for him. But I did speak to his mother who ended up, getting the flashlight when he freaked out, and she's a rather spiritual person, and she ended up giving me back the flashlight, but when she had it, she was walking her dog, like she always did. She took this flashlight with her for protection. So she had the flashlight with her, and it started to flicker and dim, and two dogs jumped over her fence and attacked her and her dog, and she defended herself with the flashlight. She knocked the dogs away. Her dog got hurt pretty bad, had to go to the vet and get stitches but uh, it saved her. She was very reluctant to give me back this flashlight, but she ended up giving it back to me. After I got it back, this is when things started getting crazy for me because I didn't know if it was all just coincidences or not, but the flashlight was in my possession in my house. The kids had gone to school, my wife had gone to work, and I was getting ready to to go out, so I was taking a shower. While I was in the shower, I heard my door, uh, the bathroom opening shut. But nobody's home. Exactly, nobody was home, the doors were shut. So I uh, shut the water off and I started to pull out and I heard rumbling down my stairs. My first instinct was, oh no, I got a home invasion. So I grabbed my clothes, put on what I could as quick as I could and I grabbed the flashlight that I was uh, next to my bed because I had just finished showing uh, my wife the flashlight and I put it in the drawer and this is perfect protection. I mean, this thing is a five D cell battery, a flashlight, it's, it's huge and it's heavy steel framed. So I grabbed it and I started walking around, calling out. Called a friend of mine and I said, hey, listen, uh, Joe, do me a favor. Stay on the phone. I think I have somebody who broke in my house. And he's like, hang up with me. Call the cops. I said, well, I will. Just I'm not sure if it's just me freaking out or not. Just hang on. I thought I heard something. So I walked around. I called out. Nobody answered. I go downstairs in the downstairs of my house, looked around, He's like, get out of there, just leave. So I put down the flashlight, I got my jacket, and I took off, got in the, the, my truck and left. Called the wife, I said, uh, listen, uh, I a little freaked out, can you check the cameras in the house, see if you can see anything? And she said, the cameras are disconnected. Whoa. Wow, I was like, holy, I'm not going back to that house. So she said, go back and just check the doors. Make sure that you shut everything behind you maybe call the cops. So I go back to the house and I said, you know what, I better go get my flashlight and check these doors. And I walk around the house, the door is open. So I freaked out instantly. <laughs> I locked those doors before I left the house. Why was it open? It was open, I could see the daylight coming through the door. So I walked out of the house and called the cops. They thought I was nuts, there was nobody in the house. So now my wife tells me, hey, did, did you take anything home that might be tied to something spiritual because it's crazy. It's almost like the house is haunted with what you're describing. I said, well, just a flashlight. She said, get it out of the house. I was like, but we need this flashlight. She's like, take it out of the house. I don't want bad juju in my house. And I named the flashlight Bad Juju, actually. That's the nickname for the light. So I take this flashlight and I put it in the toolbox of my pickup truck. Well, would you know, I go back out to the truck to start the truck and it doesn't want to start. think it it's the battery. I go to jump the battery, don't want to start. I finally get the truck to turn over after four or five attempts, and then I hear a huge clanking, clank, 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 and then that's it. I call up the dealership, I had to get the car towed, my motor seized. But it's a 2018 F-150 and it has 24,000 miles on it. There's no reason for that car to have seize like that. They told me the cam phases basically went out of out of phase and pop in the motor
1: field so after all these things what do you think is going on with your mag light i gotta be honest with you i think this thing is like a polar vortex
0: for spiritual energy or something i really don't know how i i don't know what it is it dims whenever something weird's going on or it's kind of like a warning to me, like, hey, you might want to
1: get out of here. Satan! But- well, but, you know, that's what's funny about it is it acted as a warning to your aunt that she was about to be attacked. It it highlighted for your mother at ground zero that there was um, a deceased person nearby that she was searching for. But then you're saying it brought an entity into your house and destroyed the engine on your truck. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it has a way
0: of pulling spirits into uh, into this realm. I don't really know. Both positive and negative? I gotta be honest with you. I w- still won't give it up. Mine? Mine? Uh, I might have to keep it
1: outside in, in my truck or in the shed, but uh, I'm not giving up this. So I'll tell you, I'll, I'll, I will tell you one thing for sure. We're not going to be requesting that you send that light to Maglite. No hard feelings. We'd rather not have it in the building. Well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to get you a brand new mag light so that you have something that uh, is top of the line you can use. And what I would suggest is the raised Catholic child in me says, take that down to your closest parish priest and have the damn thing exercised. Holy water on it, say something over it, whatever it takes. But uh, we don't want it causing any more damage to anyone.
0: I should put it on eBay and sell it to a ghost hunter. Because it's, Yes, it's a spiritual wand. So, uh, you know, while what made Glenn give the flashlight to his mother was um, he was doing his basement over and he had hired somebody to come along and, and help him do some of the sheetrock. And uh, I'm an electrician, so I went there to help him, give him a hand with the electrical. We started talking about the old days, Staten Island, and how there was so much for kids to do, get in trouble doing, whatever. <laughs> but uh, we would explore all over. And the Beltume, Seaview uh, Mental Hospital, the morgue. I, I mean, there was plenty of places to, to go. But this one place, people really didn't dare to go to. People really felt uneasy going there. So we went there, <laughs> as usual. You know, we had to dare ourselves to go out and explore. So Dave told us that he was part of a film crew, that he was hired to do one episode, he held the camera. But while he was there, the people who showed up claimed to be some sort of spiritual warlocks that would awaken spirits. You know, he said he was holding this camera the whole time saying, yeah, all right, here we go, we're gonna hear something, and it's gonna be like, oh, what was that, and we're gonna go chasing it. Who knows, Blair Witch Project all over again. But then a group of kids came in, and disturbed their filming. So they had to back out into the shadows to see what was going on. And then just like that, they were gonna step out and say, hey guys, look, we're doing something here. But they knew 12 kids versus four wasn't gonna be a good odds for them. So they just stayed quiet. And sure enough, we got scared and ran out and it happened to be us that was there. I was like, no way, what's the odds of meeting somebody who had the same story about how they lit the candles and painted a pentagram on the floor It turns out they hung the cross that was hanging on the wall in the sanctuary upside down from the rafters, and that's what we heard swinging from the uh, ceiling. So we all took off out of there, and when me and my cousin and Justin stayed behind, that's when he said things got weird for them too, because this howling that I heard, they heard it too, and they heard it coming towards them with so much force that it blew out the candles and they were in the dark and all they had was the light from their camera.
1: It's dark in there. And
0: uh, these people that call themselves warlocks read some sort of chant- enchantment from some book that they had and that's what and whatever it was. And he said he had it on film. And I contacted him and he said the rights to the film and the, the video and whatever is all part of this production company. And he told me the name of the company but I don't remember what it was. They filmed something called Scared on Staten Island. It came out the following year after that whole thing happened. So from 2001 to 2002, they were filming and they put it into production. So he says they got video of this enchantment and trying to pull spirits out of thin air, I guess. That was like a little too much for me to really deal with. So Glenn said, I don't want this fleshlight in my house. And that's when he gave it to his mother. (laughs) I ended up getting it back. So yeah. I couldn't believe it. 15 years later, I hear that. And that was about five years ago. So we're talking 20 years ago, almost 21 years ago is when all of this happened. It was funny when I got the phone call about this interview. <laughs> we had just taken my truck. I just got it back from the dealership to go pick up some flooring. And uh, Glenn's son was with him and he was holding the flashlight. He's like, do you really think this flashlight's haunted? I said, I don't know. I guess I got to just give it to somebody and see if something bad happens. And that's when I got the phone call and he just let out a cry that I've never heard someone do before. And he drew that flashlight right across the seat. Said, I don't want it. I'm cursed. Get it away from me. And that's when I got that phone call. That's what you
1: probably heard when he started crying. Because (laughs) somebody else confirmed the story that the flashlight was indeed haunted. Yeah. The haunted mag light. The haunted mag light, yeah. Wow. Well, it's quite a story, and like I said, we'll we'll get you a replacement for that. Uh, please go get it exercised, blessed, whatever you have to do. Yeah. Uh, we want our mag lights to always be working perfectly for people as they...
0: Job. I, honestly, I think it's doing what it's supposed to do. It's giving me a warning. It works every other
1: time. Maybe if the engine hadn't blown uh, that day, you would have been in a bad car accident.
0: never Maybe that's why it wouldn't start, right?
1: Trying to protect you. Who knows? All right, well, this has been fascinating. Frank, thank you very much. And this concludes the haunted Maglite story here on the Maglite podcast.